we have the opportunity um, to read some scripture together today. And the scripture readings are quite a few because I want you to get the understanding of where the prophecies come from about John the Baptist and how it connects to the story of Jesus. Because we're going to be doing this in a narrative style, the way that I will be preaching today is from the perspective of Zechariah. But you need to know a little bit about him before we get started. So let us start with Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 5. This is what the scripture says. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. A rough ground shall become level and a rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And this is a prophecy that happened hundreds of years before Zechariah, telling of the birth of John the Baptist, who would come to prepare the way of Jesus. Malachi is very similar, another prophecy telling about how John the Baptist, not his name, but somebody would be coming before Jesus to prepare the way. This is what Malachi says. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. And then finally, we have part of Zechariah's story from Luke 1, 5 through 16. In the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by a lot according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of incense, all the assembled worshipers were outside praying. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take any wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many people, many of the people of Israel, to the Lord their God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. This scripture, these words are words that have been spoken over me since I was a child. These words are words that I have shared with others, telling them about who God is and the character of the one who created us. Be still and know that I am God. And I would like you to believe 
that in all of my life, in all of my dealings, I have been good at being still. That I have been good at knowing during that stillness, during the waiting, that God is God, that God is good, that God is love. But I have to tell you that as I look back, I realize that I have failed so many times. Not in the being still, I got that part. But in the knowing, the trusting, the believing that God is good. Because if I'm honest with you, as I look back, I see how my belief has failed over time. Because in the stillness, doubt creeps in. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but as you've waited on God, as you've prayed to God, and as you've waited for those answers, but the answers have yet to come, I wonder if doubt has bothered you too. I wonder if God's seeming absence, God's quietness about your prayers has made you wonder has made you falter in your belief. You see, for me, I have. My wife and I have been trying to get pregnant since the day we got married. Elizabeth is the most amazing woman of God. She, too, is born of a priestly line from the line of Aaron. And we've lived a life that we believe reflects the goodness of God, that reflects the laws, that reflects our tradition and our religion. But for some reason, over all of these years, we have not been able to conceive a child. And in our context, in our culture, there's almost nothing worse. Because children, having children is a sign of God's blessing in your life. In our world, the absence of children, well, that says a lot to those around us. The absence of children has spoken about our faithfulness more than our actual faithfulness. It has told people that maybe we aren't as faithful because children are a blessing from God They're a gift that shows you and the world that you are on the right track. And no matter how hard Elizabeth and I have worked, no matter how much we have prayed, and I'm telling you, I have prayed, I have prayed every day, multiple times a day, that she would get pregnant, that we would have a child, that we would be blessed in the ways that we've seen our friends, and then our friends' children, and then our friends' children's children be blessed just one child. But God hasn't answered us. God has refused my prayers is the way I feel. God, God, I felt so many times, I hate to admit this, but I have felt that God has turned his back on me. Or that maybe I'm not as good as I think I was. That I'm not following the laws as much as I thought. Be still and know that I am God and wait, wait for me to answer. And in the waiting, I have failed. Because as I look back now, as I look back on all the events that have just recently happened, 
I can see, I can see where I've gone wrong. And I want to tell you about an event that happened in my life so that maybe you can have hope and hold on to hope in a way that I failed. You see, I was serving in my priestly duties, and we don't get to do it that often. A lot of people think that because I'm a priest, that's what I do every day, but we don't get to do it that often because Aaron had 24 sons, 24 sons, and I didn't even get to have one. But Aaron had 24 sons, and then they had lots of children, and they had children, and in the lineage of the priestly line, I am a priest. But there's so many of us that we have to serve maybe once or twice a year. And then when we do serve, when our line serves, the people who get to serve only get to do it by lot, by chance. That's the way we try and figure out what God's will is for us in that moment. And so we draw straws. And I got the straw this time. And I was so excited because that meant I got to fulfill my role. But not only that, I got to go and offer up the incense, that pleasant aroma that I got to go to the table, to the altar, and be closer to God. And every time I did this work, this time and all the times before, I would pray. And I would pray so hard. But over the past few years, over the past decade, my prayer has changed. It has changed from God asking God to give us a child to something entirely different. And I wonder why it's changed. And I realize that it's changed because I stopped believing that it would happen. I stopped believing that God would give us a child because we're too old, too old by far, too old by generations to have children. Yet on this day, as I entered that room where the table is set up, the angel appeared to me. An angel appeared to me, and I was terrified, absolutely flat-out terrified. And I tell you, and I have no problems telling you that because I believe you would have been terrified too. I mean, we hear about it in Scripture. We heard it happen to Daniel. We know that there was a burning bush, and we know that there's ways that God has shown up in special forms but you never think it's going to happen to you. Why would an angel show up to me? But there was the angel Gabriel right before me. And the angel obviously understood what was happening because the first thing that the angel said was, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Which is hard, honestly, when there's an angel glowing before you, but I'm just going to say not only did he say, do not be afraid, he said, my name, my name. <clears throat> do not be afraid, Zachariah. Can you imagine having one of the heavenly hosts stand before you and speak your name? I felt so understood. I felt so noticed. I felt privileged and special. And I knew that the angel wasn't there for any random reason, but that the angel was there for me. Do not be afraid, he said. And then he spoke these words that, honestly, it took me so long to figure out. He said, your prayers have been heard, and your wife is going to give birth to a son. 
And as he's speaking, because he kept talking, but as he's speaking, I'm thinking, that's not possible. Does he not realize how old we are? It can't happen. It's not going to happen. We can't have children. And I've been praying for this for so long. Why is it coming now? Way past the sunset of my life. And so I doubted again the provision of my creator. But he kept, he kept talking. And he said, not only would Elizabeth have a son, that this son would bring us joy, great joy, and that this son, our son, who we were to name John, was going to be the one who prepared the way of the Lord, the one who fulfilled prophecy, the one who was to come before our Messiah and start turning hearts back to God. My son, My son was going to be the one, the one who turned people back to God, preparing them for our Messiah. And if I had had my way, think about this, if I had had my way, if we had had children when we first got married or even 10, 20 years after we got married, one child, two children, three, doesn't matter. If we had had them then, if I had had my way, we wouldn't have had the child that prepared the way of the Messiah. I wouldn't have gotten to be the father that raises a boy to be a man who calls people home to God. If I had had my way, God's perfect plan for my life would not have been fulfilled. And it's hard for me to think about my unfaithfulness to God. It's hard for me to think about my doubt of God. It's hard for me to think about the ways that I've thought about my Lord and Creator because in all of this waiting, I have struggled. I've struggled to believe. I've struggled to stay true to my faith because my Lord hasn't heard me, I thought. Or, on the other hand, God heard me and didn't answer me. Either way, I struggled. But as I see this baby before me, as I look into his eyes, I understand now what being still is. Being still is not doing nothing. Being still is not simply quietness. Being still and waiting on God requires me to be active. And I didn't realize that before. And maybe, maybe by sharing my story, you can see. So that as you're waiting on the Lord, as you're praying to God, as you're waiting for an answer, you can do a better job of waiting in hope than I did. You see, it requires us to be active, this waiting, this stillness, not in busyness, but in belief. Waiting, stillness requires us to choose to believe that God is God, that God is good, and that God is love. Instead of wondering, instead of hoping for our outcome to come, we need to choose to believe that God is going to respond to us, that God has an answer for us, that God is going to be there for us every step of the way. 
But our waiting was so long that I put that behind me at some point. This, this unshakable belief that God is God. But I stand here today knowing that God had a plan I couldn't see. That God had a plan that I couldn't even dream to envision. And that plan was better than any plan I ever prayed for. If I had had my way, God's goodness would not have come in the way that it has. You see, Elizabeth got pregnant. And all those nine months of waiting, and all of those nine months of anticipating the birth of this child, I had to sit mute. I wasn't able to speak. The angel made it so that I could not talk. Can you believe that? Because I failed to believe, because I said to the angel my thoughts, which honestly, I said, there's no way this can happen. Are you sure? Are you sure? There's an angel of the Lord in front of me, and I'm asking them if they're sure. But I did, because I had waited so long for this gift, for this answered prayer. And in my disbelief, I was made unable to speak. And in that time of waiting, in those months of waiting, in that quietness, in that stillness, I realized what being still before the Lord really should look like. I realized how I had messed up before, how I'd failed in my faith. But this quiet time of waiting on God for this baby to be born has taught me that our God is good, that our God is love, and that there is hope always for all of us. We just have to choose to believe when we're waiting. We have to choose to trust. And that's our goal. That's what I want to leave you with is the knowing that no matter how long you've waited on the Lord, no matter how many times you've prayed for something, no matter how many times you've turned and gotten on your knees and asked God for something, God has not forgotten you. God has not turned his back on you. God has not forsaken you, and God will never fail. Did you hear that? Your God will never fail. You just have to choose to believe during the wait. Then maybe you won't be so surprised when God actually answers like God did for me. Let us pray. God, we lift up our hearts and our prayers to you. And we ask you, Lord, to minister to our longings, to our hopes, and to our dreams. That you would show us how you are present even in the midst of us wondering, and even in the midst of us waiting, even in the midst of the silence. Help us to be faithful in our belief. Help us to be strong in our knowing that you are a good God. You created us, Lord on purpose, for a purpose. And I can't believe my unbelievable luck that I am a child of God. 
Help each one of us today, Lord. Know, no matter how much we're struggling, that you are with us and that your plans will always come through because you never fail. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.